Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, thank you so much for always being in our midst and for awaiting us uh, to receive our adoration. Thank you for being glad and and for being joyful uh, in our presence, in our coming before you. Thank you also for giving joy to our hearts, and we ask for the grace today, since it is your day, the day of the resurrection, to have that joy, um, to really be united in our hearts with, with the goodness of the resurrection and the hope that that brings to us. Please be with us also as, as we speak and listen uh, to one another as we speak and listen to you and as we recognize the, the truth and the wisdom and the light that the Holy Spirit gives to us through Scripture. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again for saying yes to God every day, and in particular, your yes to him on, in coming on this retreat, um, and just your many yeses that I'm sure you've offered to him um, in your interaction with him during this weekend. So, as I said, we're going to um, give ourselves an opportunity to hear some of the things that the Holy Spirit uh, does and is doing because it's, it's the work that God is always doing, speaking to us and speaking to our hearts and our minds through his gospel, through his holy word. And uh, I think it really is encouraging to, to look at, at the insights that God has given us, at the things he's spoken to us and the things he's spoken to others, ordinary people, ordinary Christians, and to see, wow, God's word really is alive. And his dialogue with us is really rich. And I think for myself, sometimes I don't realize, I don't appreciate it as much as he wants me to, that, you know, just the, the conversation he's having with me in my heart, in my mind, in my life, uh, really is significant. So I'm going to begin uh, by reading the passage again that we, that we read together last night. And I'm actually using a slightly different translation. This, is, this comes from the, uh, the Didache Bible, which I'd recommend. It's a really good one. It's, uh, it's got commentaries based on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I think the translation is, uh, let's see here. I think it's the uh, Revised Standard Version, Catholic Edition, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the translation we used... Last night is the New American Bible, which is the basis for our lectionary. But even that can be kind of a good thing, because sometimes there's a different word here or there, and maybe it can help us have uh, a different sense of of what's being conveyed. So I'm going to go through, because this is the one I actually used a few weeks ago. I was going through Mark's Gospel, and I got to chapter 4, and I was just doing my daily reading, and I ended up journaling about it. I thought, oh, that's kind of a... That's kind of a suitable Lexio Divina there. So Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them just as he was in the boat. 
and other boats were with him. And a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? So I was just kind of caught by that scripture, and I, I took some time to, to pray about it and to reflect on it. And, and here's what I, I recorded in my journal. They took Jesus with them to be away, to be alone, to be quiet. And none of that could happen because there were other boats and a great storm of wind and waves beating the boat and the boat filling with water. And Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So one of the first, well, kind of the, the thing that, that sort of jumped at me that I, that I went to was the fact that, that Jesus, at the con- well, yeah, as, as the kind of um, climax of this whole scene, he addresses three realities. I went back and I looked, and it's, it's very specific. He addresses the wind, he addresses the sea, and he addresses the disciples, the 12. In addressing the wind, he rebuked it. In addressing the sea, he said to it, in this translation, peace, be still. In addressing the disciples, he said to them, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? It was interesting to me because I noticed the difference between the way that Jesus addresses the wind and the sea and the way he addresses the twelve. When he addresses the wind and the sea, which are creations of God without a soul and free will, he simply rebukes and commands. And because the nature of nature is to do what their creator commands it to do, they just respond. And there's no argument, there's no, there's, no, there's no choice in the matter, right? The creator of all commands them to do this, and they immediately comply with Jesus' command. But when he turns to his disciples, in this case, he does not issue an imperative. Instead, he asks them two questions. Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? Kind of like he's putting up a mirror to them. He's like, look, look at yourself. Why the fear? Have you no faith? So in my reflection on this, as I was praying it, these questions led me to pause and let them echo in my heart. I, so in this particular case, I, I allowed those questions to be the Lord asking me those things. And my answer was, yes, I am afraid. I Actually, to be honest, I can't remember exactly the particular issue that I was 
that was in the back of my mind or whatever was going on at that, at that time, but I'm afraid of being condemned by God for lack of action. When he asked me if I have no faith, my response to him was, in what am I to have faith? Now, here's the thing. In, in this particular meditation and prayer, the answer did not become crystal clear to me, which is okay. Like, it's not always going to be tied up in a neat bow. I mean, prayer is an ongoing dialogue day after day. But I did think of two things. First, I remembered what I have learned in prayer in the past from Jesus. And just to give you the background on this, it was probably now about four or five years ago. I was, I was in Washington, D.C. I, I lived there for four years. I was, um, I was living at the, at the Apostolic Nunciature, and we had a nice little chapel there. It was great. You know, just go right down to the first floor and pray whenever you wanted to. Um, so one day I was sitting there in prayer, and this was kind of a time when, when I'd, I'd recently learned more about how, you know what, I can just, I can imagine things in prayer. And so I was doing a lot of stuff where like sometimes in prayer, just to kind of gain peace in the presence of God, I would, I would just sort of imagine the Blessed Mother sitting next to me or maybe kind of, you know, putting her hand on my shoulder or whatever, or putting her arm around my shoulder. And sometimes I would imagine just Jesus there sitting with me, you know, things like that. And so on one occasion, I just... I just like kind of had this image of Jesus coming up behind me. I was sitting in the pew and he just, he stood behind me and he put his hands on my shoulders and he said, trust me. Now that's not a real complicated word, right? But it's totally, I mean, what God would say to me, you know? And so, and just that little word, trust me. It's amazing how that's stuck with me for all these years since then. I mean, like I said, it's been four or five years, and it's like I keep going back to that. That's like one of those words in prayer, as simple as it is, that's really been one of my, one of my anchors, I guess, for, for the last several years. So anyway, so in this reflection that I was doing on Scripture recently on this Mark 4, I remember that. I remembered what I've learned from him. That was a word from God. Jesus assured me by saying, trust me. I've also heard God's assurance that he loves me and will show me the way. Now, a little background on this. Another word, I think, that I received from God, and I can't remember exactly when this happened. I think it was sometime in the last year and a half or so. Um, but again, it was another time at prayer. But I mean, again, it stuck with me. Like the, the exact wording of it has stuck with me for quite some time now. And it was this, Chris, I love you. I really, really love you. And I want you to be happy. I will show you how. Entrust yourself to me and follow me. <laughs> you notice a theme? <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, this is, I need to hear this over and over again. So, so again, in this prayer with Mark 4 a few weeks ago, you know, even though I'm not getting a crystal clear answer for like what I'm looking for in the present moment, I, there's the background where I'm being reminded that God has assured me of, of his worthiness to be trusted. And then another thing um, that I wrote is 
related to the first thing about trust is my faith is to be in him who is with me. Now, even looking back at that, I, I'm not sure if I quite fully remember where I was at with that, but I think something about just being in him where I am now and letting him be with me where I am now. It's just that I think it's a Pauline thing. You know, we are in Christ and I just need to keep learning to, to root my peace and my trust in, in the reality that is, because I know that Jesus is with me now. And that's all, that's really easy for me to do when I'm really feeling tranquil and relieved and unstressed and all that. But boy, I, if I can, if I can take on the habit of, of trusting in his presence when I'm not feeling all those things, when it's more tumultuous, that's going to be a really good thing for me. So anyway, kind of the way I summed up this Lexio in my journal was, I recognize that I want more particular answers about what I am supposed to do and what responsibilities I am supposed to be delivered from. But I am praying with scripture and listening to the Lord. And at this point, those are not the kind of answers that he's giving me. For now, he is still saying, remain here, remain with me. And trust me in the midst of all the circumstances of your life as they are now. Even if not everything seems resolved and clear. I am with you. Have faith in me. So it was time for me to either move on in my prayer or go and do something else. And, but, but I'm glad I wrote that down because uh, it, it gives record of just kind of an ordinary experience with the word of God and just a particular way in which the Lord and I had some conversation. And I think I received a grace from that um, going forth. So, so that's kind of an example. So... so um, is there anyone who uh, feels moved to contribute anything in terms of um, anything that you drew from our Lexio Divina last night from that particular passage or, or from another one? Um, I would invite you to uh, share that with us. And it can be super little or it can be more involved. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but after hearing what you said, the only, the only, I wrote down a lot of things I said, but the only thing I wrote down, the Lord said to me, was, trust me. Okay. <laughs> yeah? Anybody else gotten words of trust before from the Lord? So, I mean, you know what I think of? It's like, uh, okay, divine mercy image, Jesus, I trust in you. I mean, how many times in the Gospels does Jesus counsel his disciples to trust? See, we're so surrounded by our Catholic teaching and doctrine and the catechism and, and great commentary in the scripture that we don't have to be afraid that, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to get deceived by thinking the Lord is saying something to me that he's really not. I think, trust me. 
I think it really, you know, I think we can pretty be, be confident that that's coming from the Lord, right? So, thank you for sharing that. I guess it's the teacher in me. I just have to see, see you. <laughs> Three words stood out for me. They took him. And so I thought about that, and I thought, yes, he suggested let's go to the other side. And he kind of left it open-ended, and they responded. They took him. And so I was pondering that, and I thought, well, I usually, when he suggests something, I usually say yes. And so I invite him to go with me. And so I put myself in the boat, and I'm like, I would be one who would be like, yeah, let's go, Jesus, you know. And I find it fairly easy in my daily life to say yes to his promptings. And I'm confident that since he suggested it, he'll be with me and he'll guide me along the way. However, when he's silent, I get a little nervous. (laughs) And when I'm in prayer and asking about it and he's not saying anything or it seems like he's falling asleep... I get uneasy, and then when the big struggle comes, the big, huge squall, during that time, I'm like these disciples, wake up, Jesus, you know, where are you? This was your idea. (laughs) I just said yes. So it's like I'm kind of blaming him for not, you know, speaking. And then the doubt comes in. Well, was this really his idea, or did I make a mistake in discernment? Was I deceived? Should I have prayed more about it? So that doubt comes in. So I kind of went back and forth from dialogue to pondering. And in conversation with him, I just got the feeling that his silence doesn't mean that he's not still guiding me and that he's not listening, but it's maybe that I'm not listening and I'm not trusting. Because I know he's with me, and if he's with me, I'm safe. And I'll come out okay in the end. He made me see how I need to be patient and wait upon him. And that's kind of my weakness. Um, I just want answers right away. And if there's a problem, I just want him to fix it right away. And he is teaching me, I think, to wait upon him. Because often it's at the 11th hour that he speaks. And when he does, it's like huge. But I have to wait. So in contemplation last night, I just waited, and we just looked at each other, and it was just like silence. But I was, I learned that I have to practice the wait time. <laughs> and that's kind of hard for a teacher, <laughs> because after, you know, 10 seconds and nobody raises their hand, it's like you get a little uneasy. So anyway, um, one other thing that I found myself doing is the words he took, or they took him, I thought, well, okay, I got that figured out. Yeah, I wait. I, I invite him along with me. So then I started looking for other words that would stand out. And I, I realized you can't look for words that stand out. They just have to stand out. The Lord has to do it. So then I went back to they took him, and I asked Jesus, well, what else does that mean? You know, I needed to further they took him in my, how, how I do that in my own life, you know, how that applied to my own life, and that's when I got all the other revelations. So, anyway.